This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenrider. Welcome to the often imitated, never duplicated, and once in a generation final word. I think we can all agree on that. This is the show that invites you into the conversation every Sunday night. And with that, let's introduce you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome the afternoon host at 105.9 The X, Mark Albie, the Steelers are late to the party. I've been skipping voluntary workouts my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> From our partner, DK Pittsburgh Store, Sports.com, it's Dan Kovacevic. Hi, Dan. Albie, I've reversed my stance on the salary cap. The Pirates are two games ahead of the Yankees in the overall standings. Let them spend whatever they want. And hey, that's not a bad thought. From DK Pittsburgh Sports, it's Dale Lawley. Hi, Dale. Speaking of spending whatever you want, I don't know what Mark paid for that shirt, but it was too much. <laughs> Oh, it was good enough for TBS, Dale. It was good enough for national television every Monday night. <laughs> Some of the topics we're talking about tonight, we're looking for five words on the Penguins weekend series with the Sabres. One week into the Jeff Carter trade, how do you think he is or will be fitting in with the Penguins after signing Vince Williams? Should the Steelers now be all in and locked in on getting a running back in the first round? And how about the Pirates? Are they exceeding? meeting or not meeting your expectations at this point of the season 16 games in first the night's big topic how do the penguins stack up with the other playoff teams in the east division tough question but it's something we have to tackle mark start us off it is a tough question and my answer is i don't know hmm. uh none of the playoff teams in the east are playing very well right now except for boston who are coming on strong inexplicably after getting that dog Taylor Hall from Buffalo. But uh, I'd have to say the Islanders are the favorite because they have the best system and they have the best depth. Washington's slow. Boston is rotten on defense and has no secondary scoring. Pittsburgh looks good until the last three games, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But uh, I can't pick a favorite, and that makes for an exciting first and second round of hockey playoff hockey but I don't know Dan uh, I'm gonna shake my head all through this just like he did I, I just I, I look at the Islanders and say going back to last season in the bubble they made it to the Eastern Conference final and gave the eventual champion a rough ride in the lightning and and I thought this was gonna be the class of the division this year now losing Anders Lee hurts but not nearly as much as everybody up there is making it out to be uh, they've made up for that by bringing in Travis Sajak and Kyle Palmieri uh, I don't trust their goaltending, but I want to say that they're the class of the division, but then they, they, the Penguins beat them six out of eight times. Uh, maybe it is the Penguins. Maybe it is the Penguins when they get everybody healthy and back, but who knows if even that's going to happen. It's so hard, Albie. Dale? Based on recent play, maybe Buffalo's the best team in the year. Uh... No, no. <laughs> I, I mean, who knows? It's, it, it, they're all bunched up together. 
and we knew that it was going to be this way all season long. I mean, we, we talked about this before the season began, that you really had, what, six teams fighting for four playoff spots, and that's, way, that's really the way it's played out. Um, and so it's going to depend on who plays the best down the stretch. It's cliched to say, but it depends if Pittsburgh gets healthy. If Pittsburgh gets Malkin, Kapanen, Tanev and Goudreau all back near 100%, which I know is a long shot, especially mm -hmm. with Tanev not likely to be healthy for the first playoff game. But if that would happen, the Penguins do have the best team. Well, and goaltending. And let's not forget that that's the big separator here. If Boston gets Tuukka Rask and Yaroslav Halak back, they arguably have the best goaltending tandem. Tristan Jari has to be where he was for a couple months there. All right. A reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word and on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on the Penguins weekend series with Buffalo. Uh, before we go to Mark and Dan and Dale, let's go to Twitter. Pens played like hot garbage. Uh, also on Twitter, Pens slept through Sunday game. And from Facebook, they are just fine in caps. Relax. Now Mark, Dan and Dale, five words on the weekend series with Buffalo. Mark, you're first. The Sabres don't stink anymore. I do think the Penguins slept clock through today's game. They weren't even competitive against the worst team in the National Hockey League, which Buffalo still is record-wise. But the Sabres are roughly 500 over the last 12 games, and they got rid of a dog in Taylor Hall and a crybaby in Jack Eichel. Eichel's a great talent, but he's a punk. And it's amazing how a bad team can do better when it pulls together after addition by subtraction. So I give... Credit to Buffalo for this weekend, as opposed to pointing fingers at Pittsburgh. Dayan? Oh, it's not that bad, are my five words. Um, Teddy Bluger said after the game uh, today that the, the Penguins were second to pucks, and there were some things that they could have learned from it. I don't even agree with that. I, they know exactly what they did wrong. They, and they know that the Sabres, as Mark was saying, uh, have played a lot better hockey of late. They're not the catastrophe that they were before that. Actually, the Sabres played pretty well. I should add in the game that the Penguins won up there on Saturday. So th there was that as well. I don't think this means anything. That said, they have a week coming up here of home games against the Devils, who are right down there with Buffalo in the standings, and they're going to want to straighten this out in a hurry. All right, Dale, five words. Uh, Tomlin loses to bad teams. Oh, wait, this is, this is hockey, right? They're, they're allowed to lose to bad teams as well, and it's okay. Um, it happens. You have a bad game. When you play so many games, you're going to lose to some bad teams because even the bad teams win games. The Pirates are winning games. Uh, you know, you don't like to see it happen, uh, but it does happen. And so, you know, you got to come, uh, you, you know, Dayon mentioned earlier, six out of eight against Boston. You know, sometimes, sometimes it's all about the matchups. And in this case, uh, you know, Buffalo played well today. The Penguins were never going to beat Buffalo eight straight games. I That's think more than anything, yeah. that came due today. Yeah, I and mean, we hear that more often in the NFL than anywhere else, but it's true in the NHL, too. You just can't sweep. When, when was the last time it happened? Mark, Philadelphia, right? Eight, yep, no? Michelle Terry and beat Philadelphia yeah, eight, eight straight times. times. They should have constructed a statue of him <laughs> the day after. Made of soft tissue. <laughs> All right, still to come one week into the Jeff Carter trade. How do you think he is and will be fitting in with the Penguins? From Twitter, he has played well so far, just getting snake bitten on scoring chances. More on that topic as the award-winning final word continues. Hey, it's
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the final word. Welcome back. I'm Alvy Oxenrider tonight with our star-studded panel, Mark Madden, Dan Kabachevich, and Dale Lolly. One week into the Jeff Carter trade, how do you think he is and will be fitting in with the Penguins, Dale? Well, I mean, I think it's really too early to, to suggest that we know exactly what's going to happen with him. But obviously, he, he brings a presence that, you know, they felt they needed. And, you know, I, I think that's going to continue to play itself out here over, what, the final 12 games or whatever ever they have left and into the playoffs. I think this move was made about what he can do for them in the postseason more than it, than it was what he can do down the stretch here. All right, back to Twitter. He's been okay so far. Not spectacular, but not awful. Dan? Yeah, I have liked the fit. I have a feeling if he was able to pop in one or two of those chances, especially in the home game last week, everybody would be feeling a whole lot different about him right now. Uh, he was responsible for a couple of goals against. One of them, I thought, was something that he'll adapt to systematically. The other one was just a really bad look. Uh, I think he's going to be a good fit. I love the fact that Mike Sullivan is deploying him at center. That's where you're going to want him going into this season. One thing that he has been really good at so far is winning faceoffs, and they really needed a right-handed draw. All right, Mark. Well, there's a rumor that even if you play wing, they let you take faceoffs. Uh, he should play wing. He's terrible in the defensive zone at center. At least that's what early returns say. Like Dejan said, he was responsible for a, a couple goals, one against Philadelphia and one in the Saturday game against Buffalo with poor defensive zone coverage. And an earlier, uh, a, a tweet said that he's been snake bit. Well, then he was snake bit all year in L.A. too because he scored eight goals in 40 games and his shooting percentage was way low. So I've just not been impressed so far. I think it's going to get better, but I think that's because it has to. All right, to football. The NFL draft is a week from Thursday. Let's go back to day and after signing Vince Williams, should the Steelers now be all in and locked in on getting a running back in the first round? Well, technically, to answer that question the way I'd want to, it should have been this way all along. I don't think bringing Vince Williams back as arguably what the third linebacker in, in the inside linebacker equation is going to change that. Uh, I still see this as being a running back, running back, running back situation for the first round. If the Steelers feel compelled to take advantage of this exceptional class of offensive tackles, I'm all right with that, even though Zach Banner and, Zook, uh, and Chooks Okorafor are going to be there as starters. But running back, running back, running back, everything they've done sets the stage for that. Back to Twitter. Sure, why not? Definitely need a strong running game and more balanced offense to have any playoff hopes Dale your thoughts yeah I mean they, they, they've been all in on running back essentially since this whole thing began going back to when, when Art Rooney uh, the second said hey we need to get a better running game uh, we had Greg Cosell uh, of NFL matchup on our show uh, on the, the drive a couple weeks ago and he said the quickest way to fix your running game is to get a good running back the Steelers don't have a starting running back on their roster therefore they need to go get one in the draft and you can't wait to do it Get the best running back that you can get in the draft and move on. Mark? I am so tired, Albie, 
<laughs> of hearing these so-called football experts say it's a waste to take a running back in the first round. You could always get one in the third or fourth round. Oh, really? Because the Steelers took Connor in the third round. He's gone. They took Snell in the fourth round. He stinks. They took McFarland in the fourth round. And maybe it's too early to say that he's a bust, but he didn't have a great rookie year. Take Harris or Etienne in the first round. No matter what cockamamie theories these so-called draft experts have, 80% of the time, and maybe more than that, you get exactly what you draft. You want a good running back? Draft a good running back. Dale, of the three uh, running backs, which one do you like? I have Harris rated the highest. I actually like Javante Williams out of uh, North Carolina as well. Just a little bit better than ATN. Uh, you know, ATN's got more wear and tear on him than Javante Williams. And But I think all three of those guys are the only three uh, top-level running backs in this draft. It's not a great draft class for running backs. All right. The Pirates won another series this weekend. They're now at 7-9 and nine after the first three weeks of the season. So, Mark, are the Pirates succeeding, meeting, or not meeting your expectations this point of the season? Well, as Mick Jagger once said, I've got no expectations. And to paraphrase what Jim Morrison once said, the Pirates have been down so long that 7-9 and nine looks like up to them. When you set the bar incredibly low, which they've done and we've all followed along, 7-9 is fantastic. Beat them bucks. All right. John on Facebook says exceeding day and what do you think you know what's funny about this the season so far especially the pirates winning six out of the last nine games is that they've done this without Brian hayes and they've done this without really any starting pitching other than jt brubaker and tyler anderson so to me the crazy thing is between those things that i just mentioned and the fact that the central division really isn't that good i wonder if they actually aren't underachieving to this point the hitting has been kind of what i expected coming out of spring training the bullpen is exactly what i expected and they're the reason that i knew this season wasn't going to be the disaster that people on the outside not the pirates mark people on the outside give it time we're forecasting give no, it time i'm talking about the forecasts that didn't come from within they didn't pitch low goals uh, this bullpen is going to keep it from being that. They've been absolutely dynamite, and they were again this weekend in Milwaukee. And, Dan, just to follow that up, they, they have recovered after those early routes. Yeah, in Cincinnati, who's, and the Reds are pretty much doing that to everybody right now. That's the way this is kind of shaping up. Look, I mean, I don't know where this is going either, but I never expected the season to be a disaster. All right, Dale. I have a pretty good idea where this season's going, uh, but I, I never thought that it would be a 100-loss season like a lot of people were predicting. It's really hard to lose 100 games in Major League Baseball. Yes. The Pirates have only done it like three times in their history. It's really difficult to do. So, you know, the, those predictions were a little off. I still think this is a, you know, 65-70 win team, and they're right, along, right on that, uh, you know, cusp of doing it. You know, that's, that's kind of the pace that they're at. I think they should trade Key Brian Hayes for somebody that can help them win now. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're gonna go around the horn on any topic. The final word is next. This is the final word. Welcome back. It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. And Dale Lawley, you're first. 
Uh, you know, a lot of times it, during the offseason in the NFL, you see a lot of splash moves made. The Cleveland Browns made one last week by signing Jadavian Clowney. And it was the talk of all the, uh, the TV shows and the, all the you know, ESPN and, and all those places. Big deal. Uh, he's a big-name player who has had little production. But it's all about winning the offseason for the Cleveland Browns, who have done that about six or seven times now over the last 20 years. And what's it gotten them? It's not about winning the offseason. It's about winning in the regular season. And until the Browns understand that, they're going to continue to be the Browns. Mark? On the NBC hockey telecast Saturday, Pierre Maguire said that Sidney Crosby is the most disrespected player in hockey. And I thought about it for a second because that sounds like a ridiculous statement, but Pierre hit the nail on the head. He's absolutely right. Sidney Crosby is by far the best player of his generation. He's also one of the top five players of all time. And that is not said nearly often enough or unequivocally enough. Parallels are drawn between guys like Jonathan Taze, who has 500 less points than Crosby because of Taze's alleged leadership, which has gotten him the same amount of cups as Crosby. And like I said, 500 points less. Connor McDavid, yeah, he's flashy. He gets a lot of points. He's won exactly one playoff series. All that does translate to a little disrespect, as does only two MVPs in Crosby's career, despite his success and the Penguins. Dan? There was never a need for the Steelers to unify and say that they're not going to OTAs. There shouldn't have been a need. The NFL Players Association, by far the weakest in professional sports, headed by Damaris Smith, spoke up about that on behalf of the dozen teams, including the Steelers, that are now bowing out of the off-season activities by saying, this was their right, this was their right. Well, the same union allowed the NFL and the NFLPA to sign a collective bargaining agreement that pays players bonuses for showing up to these voluntary activities. If you really don't want them to be voluntary, don't allow that clause to be included in players' contracts. All right, thanks, guys. Our final word now from social media. Steve says congrats to Pitt's women's volleyball team on making their first ever regional final they play again tomorrow. Albie, let me interrupt. Pitt does great with small sports. That's what Pitt is now. Remember, halftime adjustments every Wednesday night in our streaming channel. Get the WPXI Now app and join us. And Penn's back on Channel 11 one week from today. Penn's and New Jersey Devils. Make sure, uh, uh, make sure you join us next week for 11 on the Ice pregame at 2.30 and a one-hour postgame show. That's the final word for tonight. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Mark, Dan, and Dale. Thanks for staying up late. We'll see you next time.